1: Laura Freigang is the guest on the podcast for episode 29. She is now, as we speak, preparing for her first big international tournament with Germany. And on a daily basis, she plays in the Frauen Bundesliga-Club, Eintracht Frankfurt. In this episode, we talk with Freigang about her expectations for the Euro that actually starts today, on July 6, 2022, when this episode is being published. What a month we have ahead of us, guys. You are listening to Their Pitch, a women's football podcast in collaboration with Adidas Football, and this is the Laura Freigang episode.
2: Laura Freigang. Laura Freigang,
3: yeah? Yeah, that was really good.
2: (laughs) Yes. A new a new episode of the Euro specials uh, Euro special and today we're here with Laura Fragang of the German national women's team. Welcome to the podcast. Thank
3: you so much. Thanks for having me.
2: So how are you doing today? I'm
3: great. I'm chilling, relaxing. We had a game yesterday. We won. So mood is always good after after a win.
2: Great. We also have somebody that um, is here. Somebody that knows you very well. That kind of describes you as a person and a player. And then you have to guess who it is.
3: Okay, sure.
2: Um, So we have Laura is a person who you can always have fun with. She cares a lot about her family, friends, and players in the team. Laura is very ambitious and does everything to achieve her goals. I'm glad to be a good friend of hers and have Laura here in Frankfurt in my team and life. Who do you think that is?
3: Oh, Jesus. Okay. I would say... I would probably say I have a lot of good friends on my team, so that's th- this is a tough one. <laughs> maybe I'll just
2: guess, uh, maybe Tanya? No, not Tanya. Do we? Cause it's, not Tanya. It's, it's a little tricky one because it, it's nothing that really specifically points out who um who it could be. Are you good with flags? Oh, yeah. Is it red, white, and red? <laughs> no, nah, it's just red and white. Just...
3: Red and white. Oh, is it? Is it the Swiss flag? Could be. Is it? Is it Gary?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Really good. Hey, you got it. Well, Laura, we're we're very happy that you want to be on this Euro special, and you're part of the German national women's national team in football, and you guys are going to play the Euros in England this summer can you talk about being called up for the first time yeah i remember it was a little
3: bit of a different journey because first time i was called up i was actually not in the original squad i was on um on like the extra players list and usually i think the national team coach calls you to tell you for the first call up but i think she was on the plane or something so um it was the team organizer who called me. I was so confused because I was like, hey, what's going on? Um, and then she just told me, so I was really happy. I mean, it doesn't matter who calls. Um, <laughs> just being called up in general was amazing. And obviously, I was super excited, but also very, very nervous.
2: Do you, so you were called up and you didn't make your debut at the time, but do you remember your your debut? I do remember my debut, yes. It was at the Algava
3: Cup, um, and I think we played two games already one or two games and I was subbed in uh, against Norway when we were leading Um, I think I got like 20 minutes and I if I remember it correctly I got my I got a yellow card like 30 seconds after I subbed in and I never get yellow cards um, because I'm just not that kind of player but for some reason I managed to get a yellow card like right after I got subbed in
2: (laughs) That's, that's actually a fun story. Do you remember the date? I do not know. I'm not good with dates. Okay. March 7th, 2020.
3: Maybe I remember now, now that you told me.
2: But you, you came in and you took a yellow card immediately. But what do you remember from that debut, like, coming on? What's the feeling when you come off for your country for the first time?
3: I mean, it's something that you kind of look forward to your whole life. And then it happens and it's just, I would never say it's just another game. But that's kind of what it feels like when you're in the game because you you can't really think about what's going on because you're just, you know, you're just doing what you always do. I think uh, I realized right after the whistle blew what just happened because everybody came up to me, congratulated me and I had the whole like next week to, to think about what just happened. Um, but it's weird because you always set goals for yourself and then you get there and then you're like, OK, so what's next? You're already, already on track for the next next thing. So, um, I think that's kind of what sports is too. You just get to one thing and then to the other and to the next and and so on.
2: always want to develop and do, um, do better. But is that something, is that something you would tell the younger version of yourself or what's like, what's some, what's some keynotes that you would tell the younger version of yourself? Would you have any advice for her?
3: I think I, I tell her to not compare herself to, to other players too much or to other people's stories because feel like in in elite sports you're always trying to uh, to impress people, trying to impress coaches, trying to be as good as you can as as soon as you can, and you can get really stressed over that and maybe like lose sight of what matters most. And I think that's something that I struggled with for a while because I was so ambitious, but there, there needs to be a balance between ambition and just staying with yourself, not looking around too much. And I think that's something that I learned over the past couple of years that uh, now helps me a lot.
2: Was that something you feel kind of affected your way of playing when you were younger that you were comparing yourself to others a lot?
3: Yeah, but I think that's also kind of in the nature of of the sport. I mean, I mean, I went through all the youth national teams, and it's obviously you part of a team. But you always want to make the starting 11. You want to beat other players that also play your position to the starting 11. You want to get promoted quickly. And it's, it's just things start to happen in your mind that you can't really control if you don't even know what's going on. Um, so I think I had to free myself off that a little bit. I think other players <clears throat> maybe work well with that and, and strive in those environments. But I think uh, for me, it was something that I had to like kind of find
2: my way of thinking about it and my place within that whole competitive environment. And what has, what has that competitive environment and the national team meant for you to, for you as a player? Has it helped you grow? Definitely. Because it's always, I mean, it's a, it's a
3: special situation. It's always different from, from the club situation as well. And you're not there every day. You just, just have to perform um, with your club team and then you get there and you have a week and a couple practices maybe to show what you show what you can offer and there's so many good players there um, it's hard to, to not compare yourself to them um, and not for example especially if you're there like the first couple months or the first couple camps to not be discouraged because obviously you can't do everything they can you've been there maybe a couple practices everything is new um, but no I I just learned to enjoy it, um, enjoy the environment, enjoy the competitiveness, enjoy playing with such high-level players and, and see what I can add to the game because I know I'm my own player, I'm my own person. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely added something to my personality and to my, to my game as well.
2: What has it meant for you to play for the German national team? <sighs>
3: what does it mean? That's a good question. That's, it's I mean, it's an honor to, to represent my country, obviously. But also to just the fact that I'm one of the best players in Germany, apparently, <laughs> um, it's crazy to me. Whenever I think about it, I, I I, actually I can't believe it. And I'm so grateful. And I think it's so important to, to remember that because I remember years ago when I would go watch the watch the full team, the women's team play uh, Germany. I'd stand by the sidelines and like watch the substitutes at halftime and just be in awe just as much as I wasn't all about the players who were playing, but I was like, oh my goodness, like they are so lucky to be there. And then sometimes obviously when you're on the national team and you're not starting or you're not getting subbed in, you get frustrated. And then I sometimes I think about me just standing on the sideline and, and just being like so happy to see the substitute. And I'm like, that,
2: that's me now. That's crazy. Um, which like, I think is a funny story. Who did you look up to as a kid when you were, when you were there on the sidelines, who was your, your number one player?
3: I can never really say that I had one specific idol or one specific player that I looked up to, but I, I specifically remember watching, I think it was Germany U20 play France or something. And I saw Jennifer Marajan play and she was just incredible on the ball, off the ball. Just the, like what she did on the field. I just remember being so impressed because she was just doing it differently. Like in a good way. Um, that's a memory I vividly uh, remember. Um, but honestly, all the national team players I was a fan of.
2: <laughs> is, is it hard to understand that now that you're on the pitch and you're on the field, that there are kids on the stand that are thinking that exact same thing, probably about yourself?
3: I don't really think about that too much. But if you say it now, yeah. Um, because when you're, when you're a kid and you're watching it, you, you feel like they're, they're invincible. They're just so good, but that's not at all what you feel like when you're on the pitch. Um, you don't see yourself in that position, obviously. Um, so just think that other people might think that of me is is funny. It's not. It's not really something I can comprehend, and I don't think I have to because it's. I mean, that's it's just insane.
2: And do you know how many in the national team? Do you know how many national team games you have? That you've played in i think it
3: should be something around 12 or 13 now maybe 12 yeah spot on it's 13 oh yeah it's not that many yet so i think i can keep track pretty pretty easily do you remember how many goals you've scored Uh, yeah i remember i used to be it used to be equal the goals and and games but now i think i'm I think it's nine goals. Yeah. Yeah. See, (laughs) I do remember some numbers.
2: (laughs) Is there, is there any game or any goal that stands out specifically for you as a player that you're like, okay, but this game,
3: um, I think I would have to go with the game against Greece just because I scored a bra not a brace. What's it called? A hat trick. (laughs) A hat trick, um, hasn't happened that many times, especially not on the national team. And to be honest, I haven't scored like a banger, I've just been I've just been kicking the ball over the line from like two
2: feet out so but that's fine I'll take the hat trick (laughs) you'll take the hat trick I think the Swedish national team coach said the other when they were doing their world cup qualifiers a couple of weeks ago he said it doesn't matter if it's an old own goal or if it's a it's an ugly goal as long as it's past the line it's a goal and I'm happy with that true I mean as a striker it's my job so I'll take any goal I can get and the Euro 2022 are coming up and they will, it will be your first big tournament with Germany. What are your expectations? I just think it will be
3: a huge deal for, for women's football because it's, I feel like in the past year it's been on a come-up, especially with the Champions League, with everything Barcelona has done for women's football as well. Um, and in England, the trend is going up too. So I'm just excited for you know that, that spark that a tournament can give to the sport, maybe. And obviously I'm uh, very excited for everything we can we can do at the European Championship because I think it will be a very very competitive and high level tournament with a lot of teams that can that can win it all so yeah I can't wait for sure who are who are favorites to win do you think I I would probably name like five or six teams I mean obviously England France Netherlands I think us um Spain obviously and then there's so many more Sweden uh that's already five or six so
2: <laughs> yeah you guys are playing in the group of
3: death yeah you can you can call it that <laughs> it's a tough group no i would call it that no it's a t- it's a tough group um it, it'll be it'll be really tough but it's also i mean if you have a tough group and you make it through you're well prepared for the for the knockout game so and you have to win against everybody. That's what you always say, right? If you want to win a tournament, you got to win against everybody. So, you're not too worried about the group. I'm not worried, no. We can't change it anyway, so um got to deal with what we got. And it's a big challenge, and we're up for it. So, I'm excited. Spain has so many great players. We played them uh in England a couple months ago, and we didn't have our full squad there, and we were struggling a little bit, but it's not like they Beat us with a lot of goals. I think it was a it was a one run, right? All good. We can do it.
2: Growing up, did you have who in, who in your life has influenced you the most so far? And like career wise, and as like a person, like anyone? Uh, I would say my dad probably. I mean, my parents
3: in general, but um, specifically targeting football as well. I would say my dad because he's been just been there with me the my whole career at the beginning I'd give it to my mom to be honest because my dad wasn't super impressed at first uh, but I think uh, as soon as I started taking it seriously um, my dad was always by my side he was um, kind of like my advisor as well which obviously can be tough we had our we had our differences but um, he's always been there for me and helped me and we always talk after games um,
2: yeah and I just learned a lot from him what do you think? What's your best football memory so far?
3: My best football memory? I would say, because I haven't won titles yet, like at all. I mean, we won the Agava Cup, but we didn't even play the final. <laughs> so that doesn't really count. Um, one of my favorite memories was actually this season, beating Munich at home. Um, because that was a crazy game. Not just the fact that we beat them, and it's been such a long time coming, Um, but the way we beat them with like, I think we were a goal down with like 10 minutes to go. And then we scored twice and there were a lot of, um, people at at our stadium. I think it was over like 2000 and they all went crazy and we all freaked out. And it was like a type of adrenaline I've never felt before. And it felt so. Yeah, it was just so crazy and so cool and everybody was so happy. That that's definitely something that I will never forget. And I I still get chills when I watch the highlights of that that game.
2: Does it mean extra much to beat like a team like Munich when they're they're one of the best teams in Europe?
3: Yeah. And especially because I mean we play them every year, at least twice, if not more, if we play them in the in the cup as well. And we never stand a chance <laughs> or we come really close and they still win. So then when after like four years and what felt like 12 games of losing against Munich, you beat them at home
2: last minute. That was just so cool. Last question for me for this part is, what do you think the Euros 2022 will mean for women's football in general?
3: As, as I said before, I think it can be a huge spark. And I think it will be just... A stage for us to show what we what we can bring to the sport because i feel like oftentimes women's football is still seen separately from football like a different sport which i don't think it is at all i think it's very entertaining i think we can add a lot of value to the game and i hope that we can show that in the european championship um and i'm sure yeah it will just be a great thing for women's football
1: Let's move on to some real uh, football questions. Um, I, I call them that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm excited. excited. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you mentioned, uh, Sweden as one of the five or six favorites in, in this, um, upcoming Euros this summer. Uh, Sweden just released, uh, how to stop Sweden guide. Have you seen that?
3: I haven't seen it. No. And I'm very, uh,
1: curious yeah What 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 do you think about the guide like that to just reveal all your all your secrets
3: I mean it's it's cheeky <laughs> I think that's that's something we would probably do with the German national team I think that would be a big surprise but I mean I think it's funny um I haven't seen it I would have to look into it because I, I find it really interesting but I mean seems like they're pretty confident in their in their abilities
1: yeah I mean you have to go you have to go check this guide out immediately after we're done with this recording (laughs) promise yeah great well um I usually I like this question a lot because uh, players often you know they describe themselves so differently all the time but uh, if you could use your own words could you describe your role your role and your position out on the pitch from how you look at yourself as a football player?
3: Um, I really struggle with that question, uh, usually, but I would say, um, I'm pretty versatile, um, and creative. So obviously I play as a striker-ish, <laughs> but that already tells you, like, I'm, I'm somewhere in between striker and midfielder. Um, I really like to go forward, go to goal, and I do score a bunch, but I'm not the typical, like, forward nine that stays up high on the back line and 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 is only present in the box i like to be creative i like to get the ball i like to i like to pass so i feel like uh, for example with my role at frankfurt i can do a little bit of everything and i really enjoy that and i think that's where where i strive can you can you tell us the story uh, behind the fact that you play as an attacker what's the
1: story behind that if there's any story.
3: There's not really, there's not really a big story. I think I used to play in the midfield, um, from age like four to 13 when I played with the boys. Um, and then I switched to a girls' team and I just would score so much that I think I played up front, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> they know where to put you. <laughs> they knew where to put me. Yeah. And then I, I mean, I've, I mean, I've played as a winger as well. I've played, The nine, I play the 10, I play midfield. So I think every position up front, basically I could play, but I would cross the winger out from now on just because I think I moved past that. (laughs) What, what would you say is your biggest strength? I think I'm good at, get good at reading the game. And I think I can just score out of any situation. Basically, I think I'm always dangerous, but you can't really pin me down to just one way of scoring I think I could I just know where the ball might go and I oftentimes it's I think it looks like I'm lucky and I feel like I'm lucky too but then it happens on a regular basis so I think it's not just luck maybe
1: (laughs) no I'm sure it's not actually (laughs) not 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 at this level but you said it yourself also because I, I often think that there's a lot of talk about how football players nowadays need to be flexible uh, in order to sometimes sometimes play in a position or um having a role that they aren't always used to so and and this is an interesting thing as well because how do you feel what is the biggest difference football wise to play for the national team compared to your club team
3: um i would say in frankfurt i have a really clear role on the team um I'm a leader and I have a lot of freedom in what I do as I said I play as a 10 behind two strikers so I have a lot of um freedom to move around go wherever and work around them and with the national team we play a different formation um where I think the coach sees me primarily as the 9 um which then means it's a little bit of a different game as I said I would I'd play higher on the back line and I'm more of a more of a striker I can't go into as many spaces which I can do as well but I think that's the that's the biggest difference yeah
1: do you take aspects or knowledge you gain uh, from the national team uh, into your
3: everyday life with uh, frankfurt definitely yeah I think we have some really good football coaches on the national team that are very helpful with a lot of things I mean I talk to them on a regular basis and I Basically, take so many things home from the national team, not just from the coaches, but also from the players there. Obviously, for example, Leah Schiller, she's, she's uh, one of the, my fellow strikers there. And she has a lot of other qualities that I maybe don't have as much. But I, I mean, I see it in practice and, and in the games when she does those things. And the way she plays the position, I take a lot of home from that as well, obviously. Um, yeah, and I just try to learn as much as I can. Do you, do you work uh, on the tactical aspect of your game as much
1: as you work on your physic physics? Like
3: I try to work on try to work on everything. And it's not always that easy because it can be a lot. I mean, if you just think about it, it starts with technical and and nutrition and strength and positional stuff. But I do watch my games over. Um, after maybe if it didn't go well on the same day and if it did go well, I I leave myself to do it for like a day or two after. But yeah, I try to look at my positioning, my decision-making, my awareness. Um, that's something I'm always trying to improve on.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, and if I, if I ask you this then in, in which tactical aspect do you feel like you, you've grown? or learned the most about over your career?
3: Um, over my career? Hmm. I think the most recent thing I, I feel like I've improved on is um, working in tight spaces because uh, the past seasons I played more as a striker and now I feel like playing more in the midfield again, I'm oftentimes under more pressure than I used to be maybe as well. And I think... Um, Working on my awareness, my positioning, my first touch—I think has really improved over the season, um, which I'm really happy about because that's something I really try to try to work on.
1: Then let's let's talk uh, statistics um, because we often uh, bring this up in this podcast about the fact that football fans and and you know people who watches the game—they uh, like numbers. Uh, and you play a position where, like, the numbers are often goals or assists. Yeah. I get that you care about those numbers because <laughs> otherwise it would be kind of weird <laughs> playing as a striker, you know. But do you have other numbers um, in the way you work with your tactical aspect of the game that you feel are important uh, in order to improve yourself?
3: Um, I mean, I do look at, my basic stats, um, after, after the games. But what I learned is that you always have to, uh, I don't know, you have to take into account everything that happened during the game. And it's really hard to just, to just focus on numbers, especially I feel like for me and the type of player I am, you can't pin me down to st- statistics really. Um, something I do look at, for example, is, um, my success rate in front of the goal there's definitely tendencies and sometimes I, I see it and I'm like, okay, well maybe next two weeks I'll work on finishing a little more, you know, stuff like that. But I don't necessarily overvalue like passing statistics or, or um, challenge statistics and stuff like that. Hasn't really, for me added much to my development. Do you watch a lot of football? I mean, we we
1: often talk about this, uh, like the media and, and fans about how, women's football have grown and you can watch games from from other leagues and around Europe. Do do you watch uh, other leagues than the
3: Frauen Bundesliga? I do. Yes. I mean I obviously I watch a lot of men's football as well, but I'm so happy that a lot of the games especially um, from the English league are on as uh, streaming services like zone and stuff like that. So, um When I do have the subscription, I I try to watch everything that comes on. I'm really football interested. I would say not. I know that not everybody is, and not every player is, but I love watching watching football, and I love watching women's football as well. So Uh, and also, I'm gonna.
1: I just got the thought in my head when you speak about this now that that I have to ask you because uh, I think the discussion going around. Europe uh, and among fans and, and media right now about, we talk about what the best league is. I mean, is it the English league or is it the German league? And then we see what happens in the Champions League. And um, how, how would you, if you just could reason a little bit about that? Because the German league and German football has been seen as one of the best like ways of playing football in During many years, uh, and you, the German teams are often up there in the Champions League and been. And we have seen. And now, when when people say, "Oh, the the English league is is the best at a lot of things," uh, what would you say that the German football is all about compared to the other leagues?
3: I think it's really hard to tell. Uh, I think what you can really see is that the different leagues in the different countries still have. Different styles a little bit. Um, for example, obviously France has Lyon, Paris. And then you always hear people say, well, the rest of the league is not as good. And I think if you, if you see them play against Munich, for example, they're not as tactical. I would say the German league is very physical and tactical. And it's sometimes it's hard to beat teams with a lot of goals because they're just so compact. Um, I know that England plays a very different style as well. It's, it's very intense and goal to goal. Um, but you rarely see teams in the midfield of the European leagues play against each other because there's not like a, a European, um, what do you call it? Like no European competition other than the Champions League. So you only see the top teams playing each other. And I think the level of the top teams is very, very close to each other. Um yeah. except for obviously Barcelona uh, they're just out of this world <laughs> <laughs> a league of their
1: own but yeah I mean I, I think this is interesting I, I've been picking up on on that myself just a thought because I think football is all about it's it's very much about opinions sometimes yeah. but True. I actually have have been thinking about that myself because when when you see the knockout statues now of the, of the Champions League and then you see like okay the English league and then the English team struggles a little bit that I've seen and then I've thought about the midfield part yeah because it's yeah so it, it's just an inter- interesting thing to hear from a player's point of view
3: and I think that's what also made the Champions League so fun to watch this year because there's so many different teams that are so good on in different ways as well so I mean, we haven't seen an Italian key, uh, team c- come that far in a while, I think, which was also great to watch. And I think it's the level is just so close that which makes it really fun. And I feel like everybody c- can win against everybody. I mean, who would have thought that Wolfsburg would beat Chelsea, um, in the second game in the way they did, which I think is amazing. That's what we want to see, right?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's the, it's like the best tournament uh, in the world to watch. So, so we love surprises. Um, so yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to give you a chance to tell our listeners now why they should come to England this summer to watch Germany play football.
3: <laughs> because I think it will be really fun. We always give it our all. And I think we have a lot of great players on the team. And I think, uh, yeah, we, we could do everything this summer. So I think it will be de- definitely be worth it. And. I don't think anybody would regret watching us play.
1: Yeah, that's a great um, answer to that question as well. Uh, then let's move on to section three. I have picked up some out some uh, listeners' questions. So this can be high high and low. You know, like from from <laughs> club to national team to your yeah. You're gonna pick up on. It.
2: Okay, Riri underscore Lomain underscore says, would you ever join an English club if you were given the opportunity? Um, I would
3: say never say never. Right now, I'm really happy in Frankfurt. But I mean, I could see myself going somewhere in the future. And England is very interesting. So you never know. But not anytime soon.
1: Let's move on. Um, Annika underscore freestyle. How do you consider your role in the national team at the moment?
3: Right now, I think my role is pretty clear.'m I try to just be a good addition to the team and bring whenever I get minutes, bring all I have to the table and and um, I'm not I'm not a starter, so whenever I sub on, I try to just do my best and bring some fire into the game.
2: So, yeah. Uh, Katarina underscore six underscore wants to know have you played with the boys when you were younger? Yeah,
3: I did. I started with boys when I was four um, and I played with them all the way until we moved. I think it was, I was 13. And then I played for another year from I think 15 to 16 or no, 16 to 17. Um, so for a while, yeah. And I also practiced with boys throughout. So basically almost my whole life until I went professional.
1: Uh, so ground underscore d underscore do you want to play abroad someday and if so where would you want to go
3: yeah as i said england is definitely is definitely interesting um i mean i was in the u.s before but i could definitely see it happening at, at some point in the future again just because i i think the u.s can be a really fun place to live and experience um Obviously Spain has nice beaches. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, basically anyway, I, I don't really look that far into the future.
1: Yeah. We had, we had a question from Oliver as well. Uh, and, and he was, yeah, he wanted to know any interest in playing in the U S again after your time at Penn State.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I love my time at Penn State and I think the, What's happening right now in the NWSL is also really interesting, but obviously it's pretty tough as a European player coming into a season that's only a couple of se- uh, months long, which I'm not the biggest fan of. So that's obviously, um, something to deal with. But I mean, I, I see what Amel is doing now, um, towards the end of her career, going to Angel City. I think that's so cool. And I could, I could see it happening at some point. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Carmen wants to know what impact has the merger with Eintracht Frankfurt from FFC Frankfurt had what needs to be improved in the German league according to you
3: Ooh, those are big questions Um, I love the fact that we merged because I think it it kept us competitive I think as a as a independent women's team it's becoming harder and harder because there's I mean bigger clubs invest money we see that Munich and in Wolfsburg and um, if you want to stay competitive Um I think that's the only way to do it in the long run. And I think you see it in England. Um, it works really well when big clubs invest in, in, in the sport, in, in women's football. And I think it helps our sport a lot. So I think that answers the second question as well a little bit. Yeah.
2: We're about to wrap up, but we're going to end with your favorite, the, the thing that you've been looking forward to the most, which is the this or that <laughs> No, I love it. I'm just, I just, I'm just bad at it. But these are that questions. Assist a teammate or score one yourself?
3: I have to go with score one myself.
2: Scoring from a header or a volley? Volley, definitely. Score a hat trick but lose the match or win the game without scoring? Oh, come on. <laughs> Second one, obviously. The win. Win the Champions League or win the Euros? Oof. Not in the Champions League right now, so I'll take the Euros. Coming on from the bench to make a true impact to get the win or starting in a mediocre game that ends in a draw or a loss.
3: No, first one.
2: And that's it. Oh, that was easy. (laughs) Laura, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. And we can't wait to see the Euros. Thank you. Thank you so much.